Ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing? I hope you really enjoyed that intro uh, because that is the intro to the world's greatest podcast about video games. Of course, this is a weekly games chat. Uh, if you were wondering if you're keeping track at home, this is episode 397 of said podcast. Um, this is what we call the intro. You kind of know this if you listen to the show week to week. If you don't, hey, now you know. Uh, if you also listen to this show, you know that we stream this episode live as we recorded, record it, sorry, on twitch.tv. All you got to do is search weekly games chat. Uh, and remember, you can get Twitch from any kind of device. You, you can just go to it. It's super easy. Make sure you hit that follow button and life is good. Um, my name's Sean, by the way. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, there's something that you may find humorous. Uh, yeah, you'd have to just tune into Twitch to see what that is. huh? Uh, I was recently on my next guest is. You have to know to know. Uh, hashtag David Letterman. But I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to now go to <laughs> field reporter John, uh, who is the is the king of all things uh, pressed shirts-wise. He looks very nice today, very dapper. Uh, and how are you doing, John? Good to see you, buddy. For the record, ladies and gentlemen, I do not <laughs> iron my shirts. I don't know why he insists that I do. I just simply wouldn't. I do this thing called when they come out of the dryer, I fold it immediately. It works. I'll tell you what, it works. And and it there is there is something to be said about folding uh warm out the dryer clothes. They fold better. I don't know why that so, is, they just do. So when I uh when I used to live with Chris, I never had to set my 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 alarm clock to get up for work. Right. Because Chris would wash his clothes, but then he would take them to his bedroom and throw them on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> well clean. Hamper. So but <laughs> So every morning he would pick out what he was wearing and he would go to the dryer, put his clothes in the dryer and toss them while he showered. Smart. Hey, Chris, did you do the thing where you uh, put like the wet rag in there? Something about that. that. Oh, you did, oh, you did that too? I didn't know. That, okay. That, yeah. Adding the, adding the steam or whatever. Yeah. A little, yeah. little, little, little moistness. Some people hate the word moist. That's for you guys. How you doing? Yeah. But Chris, Hey, welcome to the show before you tell your side of the story. It's the, it's the <laughs> one thing. Side. It's the one thing I miss about my life from the previous six years, which is I have not had a washer dryer connection in this apartment. And I thought about moving this year finally just to get that back. But dear God, I really like cheap housing that's close to work. So, you know, I, yeah, I stick you, it out. <laughs> where did though? where did those go? The where did what go? go? Um, Mikey. Oh. Shout out to Mikey. I don't know if he mm-hmm. listens to the show, but we very rarely say shout out to Mikey. Yeah. He probably doesn't. On. I, I hate Mikey. Was, I thought he was already in Florida at the time. No, no. That was, he took those like right when I moved, like he oh. moved a year right after when I moved in here. I was going to say that you put him on the top of your Honda Fit and you drove down there to him. <laughs> That'd been funny. <laughs> that would have been nice. But ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is the intro part of the show. We kind of just say hello. We catch up on some things. We uh, get things that really don't relate to uh, the other parts of the show, like news and the topic and everything. Uh, we did have a uh, first time chatter. I did want to point out uh, just a reminder on Twitch. What up to Megalaraptor? You said hi. We now say hi to you. And then later on, you went to tell us. Uh, this was your second stream, so you were what we call a lurker in the first. Lurkers are welcome. Us. He followed us. You hit the follow button, so thank you for that. We very rarely get to see those live happen. Uh, so yeah, 
that's what's up. <laughs> and uh, the chat will welcome you with open arms. Uh, speaking of, I got nothing, you know? <laughs> Let's just say, um, how do we, speaking of dark times almost over. <laughs> that is now, Chris, terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, but no, this is the intro. We all three want to bring something to the table. And, you know, uh, I'll do this, Chris. I'll say, if you've been in the, the Southeast recently, like this week, weather's been terrible. It's been it's been not cool. First off, thoughts and prayers to, to folks that got hit hard in Mississippi. Um, due to this weather, it it was it was not good. Those were dark times. Um, so yeah, I did want to say that, and I found a way to do it. But Chris wants to talk about his dark times and or or some dark times that are now almost over as well. Chris, today it was confirmed that the most terrible owner in all of America has two offers. Oh, for six billion dollars to finally sell my team back to someone who is competent, and maybe for the first time since I was thirteen, we might be on the premise of someone owning what is now known as the Washington Commanders, who is an effective that, leadership. <laughs> do you know who the two people are that are have made the offer? One of them is a group which is the 76 owner and Magic Johnson. Uh, okay. And I don't know who the other is. It's like Josh something. I don't know. He's he's a rich guy. Mm. Nice. <laughs> so Some it's not like guy. Bezos underscore J1 mm-hmm. at Amazon.net trying to buy it, right? No, apparently they blocked him from – they wouldn't <laughs> let him put an offer in because how bad of a person is Dan Snyder – because the Washington Post broke all the stories about yep. how terrible his organization was to his employees, he blocked him from submitting an offer. And the tie-in there is Bezos owns the owns, Post. Yes. Therein, therein now lies the issue and the fight. Uh, Which you, I mean, you gotta wonder. Huh? That that just tells you how petty the man is. I mean, hashtag petty. Even even today it got brought up again. Um, the Miami head coach apparently I didn't know this. At some point he was on one of our staffs. Right. Eric Spolstra? No, no, you're talking about football. <laughs> With the heat. Mike Mike <laughs> uh Mike something. I can't remember. He he's two as head coach now. Uh but like he he heard that they got a six billion dollar offer and he said, That's amazing to hear considering they apparently couldn't afford to give us free coffee when I worked at that organization. <laughs> so what? Mike you know. McDaniel? Yes, Mike McDaniel. There you go. Yeah. And I mean God, I, I've never I never thought we could get lower than Peter Angelos with the Baltimore Orioles, but at least Peter Angelos doesn't seem to be a complete terrible person, right? And terrible, <laughs> just just terrible in every sense. He's just doesn't know how to spend money to win champion or build a team. That's his problem. But terrible, 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 terrible. But yes, I I hate that the price to have my team back is that man gets six billion dollars. But at this point anything's worth it to yeah look have a shot the nfl i think is a i think it's a good nfl i, I could be old school you it's know NFL, here but when the washington football team is in the mix for like playoffs in their division which traditionally is the nfc east with the giants and the eagles that makes for good football if you're a fan of that sport so yeah. i think it's you're people, right. Like let's get them back into the conversation and back to uh you know comp you know being comp competitive competitive bro there are probably kids today that do not even remember this that like back when i was a teenager 
the the four or five crown jewels of the NFL were the Cowboys, the 49ers, the um the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, right? And then it was the Washington, now was the Washington Commanders, where it was like deals in Washington got done because you had commanders tickets and were willing to give the other senator a pair to vote for your bill. That's how serious it was. It was it was people waiting 35 years for the idea just to be able to buy tickets to a game. You know, that's where it is. And now, literally, the Eagles fans journey every year down to D.C. because it's way easier to get tickets for a D.C. game for about 50 bucks mm-hmm. and see their team then there than it is to go see them in Philly. That's where we're at. Every other organization has like gone like this for the most part outside of Oakland until they went to Las Vegas. But my team has just. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe your dark time isn't indeed ending. And when it does, maybe you can borrow John's phone Mm -hmm. and you can play his new heavy metal that's on his phone in celebration. I will. (laughs) Well, it's, it's not what you think, but. I don't want to disappoint you, but oh, oh no, it's no, very no. it's it's not very often I can really get into a poop game, if you will. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't listened since the beginning, we used to have a segment known as poop game. Yeah, it, it would and pop we, up just like a bubble gut after Taco Bell. We, yeah, we and, never and knew we when it was coming. Never knew. <laughs> and uh, Chris, Chris used to have a theme song for our poop game. And I don't know if he still has it. Oh, let's see. <laughs> He's going to play I it. I don't know if I have it or not. I make no promises. I don't know if we ever played it on the show. We I think did. we knew it, but we, we did. did. We did. Yeah, we did. Uh, was it it's, Thanos? It's time now for poop <laughs> games. We talk about poop games. I don't remember the this at all. games you play while you poop. It's time for poo games. And then That's he a, put a sound effect of a flushing toilet in there. Anyway, thanks for thanks for uh thanks for listening to that. But um I'm playing uh Mighty Doom on iOS. And it's just this this thumb game. You just can you just have a control. I mean, you're automatically shooting in an arena and it's it's base it's Doom and it's got the heavy metal soundtrack and you're killing demons in this little arena. It's Sean, you have to download this. It's so fun to Is pass. It? Oh yeah, it's it's so fun, and you know it. It took about an hour for it to go. Hey, well, you want to buy this? You want to buy this? You want to buy this? You know, as any typical uh, mobile game will do. But um, this one, <laughs> this one for some reason has grabbed me more so than than Mario Kart or any Nintendo game that's come out on the on the platform for mobile phone. I, it, it's so rare that I get to that I get sucked into a mobile game, but this one actually, because of its because of its title, because of its you know the particular character and 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 that metal music. Apparently, all you got to do it, it, across any platform, if you want me to play nothing but Mario, put heavy metal music in it. If you want me to play nothing but <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, put heavy metal music in it. Put heavy metal music in it, and I'm down. That's what's yeah. up. I, it's it's, it's, it's kind of like bullet hell a little bit, but you're okay. kind of doing the whole bullet hell um, gameplay. 
I, uh, and you're going through each level you get upgrades like spreader bullets and you know secondary weapons and then you you know you, you up you max your health you match your max max your attack as you're going up through all the levels you're just you're shooting your gun and bullets are spraying all over the all over the arena it's pretty i do love to brave my bull oh who does what happened what happened <laughs> um you just, you I, just I, shot up the place didn't you just, in the game in the in game, game in and game. i'm also making a sexual reference for anyone who thinks that i'm not let's just go ahead and pull down all the curtains and walls uh so you know what's going on but, but um, can i just add as a as a as a side note i gotta ask you sean how you liking how you liking this game you've been playing you don't have to say what it is oh it it might be one of the best games i've ever played Goaty. <laughs> now there is so we have one friend who complains about when a flashlight comes on and when they wish they could, they could <laughs> I do it that. yeah 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 uh and there like, was one little walk through this cave in the dark so i asked i was like did you pay attention in the beginning and set your settings where it said to set your settings for things to be visible he confirmed that that did happen um you know but what was my point five deduction chris do you remember we were talking something. about it today. There was a little, just a little something. I don't remember what it was. I we'll figure remember. it out. Uh, You'll hear all about that you probably got, you next got week. A, you deducted a point? Half point. Point oh five. What could you have possibly deducted from this game? Something was, something really irked me. I forget what it was right now. I'll, I'll think about it when I fire it back up. Okay. Um, but it is a very sweet game indeed, John. <laughs> I, I, if you like this one, you really need to play two and three. You really do. Two is fun. Do you have them on remake? Yeah. Oh, they're digital, aren't they? Well, I have them on PC. I used to I used to relate to you and play games on my PlayStation with you, John. No, I'm playing four on PlayStation. <laughs> I know you are. You're also you also bought Octopass Traveler on your PS5. Oh yeah. I got it. Uh, I got it right here. Yeah, Look at that. I saw that on my cell phone. That's right. I'm playing four on my PC. I, I yeah, bought, I it, I bought uh-huh. it on my Heg, PC. No, it, that's so funny. Heg, Heg stopped by uh, and you pointed out something. That is not why the .05 is being deducted. I forget <laughs> what it was. Every, that's good. Every but, bear trap he stepped in. Bro. Oh, look. There's something in those trees. Snap. Bear trap. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, with this, but with this game, I am... I, I was I bought it on PS5 because because of the trophies because like I look at the trophy list yeah I see that and I, and this and the and the trophy and you know how they have a ranking like this is how difficult the trophy is yeah true Resident Evil Resident Evil Village was like a five out of ten so not this too one, tough. this one's this one's an eight out of ten I mean but yeah you, because yeah if you, we if you compare them like Horizon God of yeah. War those are like two out of ten. So Friendly. Village was like the hardest trophy I've ever got. Village was the hardest trophy I've gotten so far. This one is an eight out of ten, and I swear I'm going to get the the platinum on this game. I'm going to do it. Friend of the show, Mike got one that was recently seven out of ten. And it's a little game called Dying. Yeah, Lake we gotta too. let's let yeah. Before <laughs> I say mine, we have this running theme about what our friend of the show Mike uh, is platinumed. Apparently, every week the man can platinum a game. All right, but he platinum. Uh, John, if you if you if you listen intently to the show last week or the week before, John mentioned Ghostwire Tokyo. We kind of talked about it, and he mentioned he would like to 
see if Mike D would be able to platinum in, in that game. And then he wasn't sure if he'd like it. D- dude beat the game platinum in like two days. It was ridiculous. Did he platinum Ghostwire Tokyo? He yes. did. I hate that guy. Is he, <laughs> is he listening right now? He could be. Oh, yeah. He's right there. What a jerk. There he, <laughs> there he hey, is. Hey, uh, the rumor is next he's just going to go ahead and platinum the Rocky franchise. So you should probably give up that mail too, John. <laughs> yeah, you're done. He's, he's going to go ahead and friend Sylvester Stallone in real life, take a picture of it. And when he does that, a platinum trophy will pop up and he's going to take Stallone from you too. This dude. It's fine. Um, it's, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. Just like how I felt uh, during a sweet time of the, of the year. Uh, how sweet it is, how sweet it was, of course. Uh, that's a little teaser for uh, the men's basketball team uh, for the University of Alabama. It was a good run, boys. Uh, you made it to the Sweet 16, and little did you know that San Diego State was no joke, and they were going to make it all the way to the Final Four. So I do want to give a quick spotlight to what I think is the greatest tournament like ever right now. I, th- I think the NCAA tournament for both the men's and women's March madness is one of the best tournaments ever because things can happen that you don't expect to happen. Sure. Um, uh, right now, currently as for example, the final four is set in both the men's and women's on the men's side. There is a number five seed playing a nine seed and a four seed playing a five seed. All of the number ones are gone. All of the number twos are gone. All of the number threes are gone. That is madness like a prime example of what they, they talk about. Uh, secondly, the women's, they have a, they have possible history. South Carolina is a one seed. They have not lost a game all year. Like they are amazing. So they, they're playing Iowa and then Virginia tech is playing LSU. So I, I just wanted to highlight how sweet, you know, the tournament is. And then of course, give a nod to, the uh, Alabama men's basketball team. We're big fans of that school. Chris and I, and uh, you know, roll no, tide. Screw. Of course you guys no, huh? screw that team. They beat my team in basketball. That's that's right. Chris sidesteps the fandom when, when Mary Maryland plays Alabama in, basketball. in the tournament in, in basketball. basketball. Yeah. Keywords there. But I have to say, yeah, it's like on one hand, like mm-hmm. college basketball is not what it used to be, unfortunately, but right. one on the other hand situations. Yeah. On the other hand, yeah, people always cry that they want parody in sports. I will tell you, there is no greater parody in a sport today, team sport, than college basketball. Any team, whether it's from a small conference to a huge conference, it does not matter. Right? They, any team can win it. I really believe it now. It's not like how it was. You know, John, I know is a big fan of John Wooden. That doesn't exist anymore that level of dominance. It just does not exist in college basketball. Does not exist. What also doesn't exist anymore is the intro part of this show because I'm officially ending it forever. I'm kidding. Just for now, calm down. Uh, because I'm about to somebody queue up DMX. Uh, cause I'm about to lose my mind up in here, up in here. Uh, so yeah, Chris. All right.
ladies and gentlemen, we've done it. Believe it or not, we have made it to the promised land that is topic time. Uh, and whether or not you listen to the entire intro and you arrived here, or if you looked at the time marker on your smart device or wherever and you just scanned right over to here, that's cool too. Uh, we're all here now, so let's lower the lights, let's get cozy, and let's, first of all, let me do what I do best, and that's shut up so Chris can do the thing he does and intro this week's topic. The topic is... Diablo 4 Beta! Yeah, yeah, just a fun fact. The longer he holds that final note on a game, that means he likes it the most. Impressions. Uh, <laughs> so impressive uh recently yeah we had look look let's be honest right let's look, call a spade a spade here look 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 right we could not talk we couldn't not right talk about this beta it was it's it was everything in the last was it two weeks when was the when was the closed beta for pre-purchases chris was it the week before yeah the weekend before that and this Before past this weekend was the open beta. So that means anybody who just wanted to download it could play it. And we all finally had a chance if we really wanted to, to get our hands on what is uh, probably going to be one of the games that really, I know at least Chris and I, and maybe Josh, we're going to play so much when it comes out. The podcast may change its name to Diablo 4 Podcast Weekly Chat. <laughs> You notice, ladies and gentlemen, they did. They didn't say that I would play it because you didn't play the beta. It was a joke. Well, you're. I'll plus. I, I mean, I, I owe it that if your your wife, right, wants to play, then I kind of have to. And didn't he already? I mean, you already said that she's well, going to be on the Diablo, show that week. I played Diablo games. Chris deletes them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, look, when Chris is trying to fix it. Like if you were on a mount, a, a bridge and you were suspended, and they're like, no, 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 we got a guy. His name's Chris. His name's Chris. He'll be here to save you. Hold on, Chris. As he's preparing the wire, his scissors would swing off his belt and cut your wire, and you would fall to your death. <laughs> that said, with Diablo three, if you needed someone to get you to the end game. Like you could be struggling on a level, and I'm the equivalent of uh, Avengers Endgame when everything stops firing on the Avengers and says Captain Marvel has just have entered the upper atmosphere. Because <laughs> I was a beast in that game, I was a god. Yeah. Well, so this is basically just our takeaways from what we got to do for Diablo 4. It was kind of it was a beta, so it's it's limited. Uh, I played it on my PS5. I think Chris played it on his PC, so you'll have yes. some perspective there. Mm -hmm. uh, Wait, Chris, why did you play it on PC? Because that's where you always play Diablo games. <laughs> also, Chris made a good point, and you PC gamers already know this. Generally, the PC versions of games, like the collector's editions, are 10 to $20 cheaper than console. Yeah. That's a good point. It's fine. I'm still probably going to pay the max so I can play it early whenever yeah. it comes out. But then again, you'll have a bonus because you get to play it early. Yeah. Do you get so, to keep uh, all your progress or will you get to that later? No, you did not get to keep your progress. If you got to level 20, uh, which I made sure to do, um, 
then you got a wolf pup. So it's like a, it's a cosmetic thing where on the back of your pack, there'll be a little sleeping wolf pup that's resting on top of your backpack. Is it better than immortal? Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that, one thing that it did this week is, uh, on the open beta, during the closed beta, it didn't have a necromancer, right? And if you played Diablo, you know that's a class, and it brought that in for this. Uh, it also was very important to tell you, look, you can only level up to level 25. That's your cap. Yeah. Have fun. Go explore. See the things. See the systems. That's really what a beta is. Uh, it, and I want to go ahead and address folks that maybe were like, I don't know, you were out there and you are like, I can't get in. This sucks. What, what the blah, blah, blah. I pre-ordered. That's that's kind of what a beta does. They got to see what the the servers can handle. They got to see what they can do. And you know, it was during that time when uh Chris, I remember Chris on the Friday maybe at lunch you went on to preload it or Thursday you preloaded it to get ready mm-hmm. and you found that it downloaded fast and you actually had a decent queue time. Was that right? The you, you only got in pretty quick. Now, I'll say this. From my understanding, the closed beta was a hell of a lot harder to get into. Yeah, because like, everybody I could. Think, and I, I really do think this weekend, outside of Friday, uh, where some people did come back that played the closed beta who wanted to come back and check out the Necromancer and what was the R1? Was it Druid? I can't, or Sorcerer. It's one of the two R classes um, that wasn't available in the first one. Um I think they came to do that and then they were like, okay, because I've already got the rewards and I've already experienced going to level 25. Right. I think most of those people left and Saturday and Sunday, even late Friday, it was not bad. But when I first tried to log in uh, Friday afternoon, it was, it was about an hour wait before I got in. Uh, And that was with first a 51 minute wait that (laughs) then the game crashed (laughs) And I have to right. reload again for another 20 minute wait after that. So, yeah. And, and it was, it was good to know heading into this open beta, uh, they had gotten some pretty good information from the closed beta things that they wanted to fix. And one of those was the crash. Just, they called them, uh, the official list called them multiple miscellaneous crash issues. Yeah. And that's speaking of big umbrella terms, right? There's, that means we do, there's so many, we don't even know how to categorize it. Um, and apparently the queue times are supposed to get better too. And I, I wanted to kind of hit on that because uh, I, I'm a very unique player, but I know I'm not alone uh, for the open beta. I downloaded it, but I had a busy weekend. I didn't really get to start playing it until Sunday and Monday. And mm-hmm. by that point, my queue time was less than a minute every time. Yeah, correct. I don't, Same. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if it was because the interest died down or if it's just, they were starting to get things under control. Uh, but there were people in the game still. And that that's one thing we'll talk about. I think mm. that that's how that's a little different than how Diablo games have been before. Um, so yeah, I, I was kind of excited to see that they were, they were pretty, they did a pretty good job at kind of warning you to expect, you know, a, a delay. Sure. Um, but yeah, in my, in my play, I didn't encounter any sort of, you know, crashes for any reason. I didn't see any crazy run times. Uh, I didn't see any like crazy, things that I felt like as I could report and go, Hey guys, this is a bug you need to fix. Um, I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could say that was the same for me, but, um, there's, there were definitely, I mean, I had probably about three crashes. Um, 
and probably the most persistent thing was rubber banding right and it like it threw me off at first first i thought i just couldn't like i was trying to exit one of the hub cities there right and i was walking out the exit going this way and and all of a sudden i hit this invisible wall and i'm not progressing and i thought oh i guess that area is just closed off for the beta i was like no it was just that it was rubber banding so bad that i did not realize that's what was happening um so you know there are some there are some things that I'm really hoping get ironed out before launch because the one thing I think this game can take on day one is the bad load times. As long as that doesn't like progress where we're going like three, four, five days into the launch of this game and you still have people having to wait 45 minutes to an hour to get in. Right. Like everyone expects that day one. That that's a given, but and especially from a blizzard game, we expect a delay to get in on day one. But yeah, like m- my one fear for this game right now is that these things won't be completely ironed out and you're going to have this really negative thing of people coming and having an initial backlash, kind of like they did with three. Right. Um, where for those first week or two, you, you just have people get ticked off because they're like the game's crashing or, you know, they're trying to do things in the game's rubber banding because there's so many people on your server. And, you know, it just makes the experience less fun. And, and like, I I will not be shocked because this game is very ambitious in what it's doing if some of these things are there on day one. I'm just interested to see how the general public is going to handle that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because like we, we've seen it, like people are kind of getting to this point in video games where they're tired of this at launches of like games having issues like that, especially always online games. Um, Yeah, that, and that is one thing about this game. It will be always online. It, it yeah. still blows my mind. Just a quick side note on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when it, at one point in time, a big three company tried to sell us a console with the promise that it was going to be. You had to have it always online, and we lost our gaming minds. Yeah. <laughs> and now you flash forward to just time, and almost everything we play or encounter is an always online situation. Yeah. And people are people. There's you know people are still complaining about stuff like that. Yeah, they are, but it's, it's quieter. Don't you agree, John? Quieter, sure, but I mean, Arcane is already trying to advocate to keep their upcoming Redfall game offline. They don't yeah. know if they're going to succeed, but it, but, but they're trying to convince Activision and Microsoft to please just let it keep, let us have the option of playing offline. Because, because yeah. even but that, but that has a lot to do with the part, you know, not wanting to alienate Arcane's fan base. Well, even here, like I do believe that there's a group of people that, you know, like this thing without. I guess getting it. Well, we can get into it now. So the biggest change that people are going to note coming into this one from Diablo three is that the open world right outside of a dungeon itself Mm -hmm. is something I'm not going to say it's MMO. I'm going to say it's like destiny. Like when, when you're walking around there, there's probably on your server, I'm going to guess somewhere between 20 to 50 people at any given time. And when you're in a city, 
you'll see a bunch of them going around there. When you're going around the world, you can have a random event going on and people can join in on those. There's world bosses that you can, that will spawn at parts of the day where people can go on and do that. The thing that's going to be interesting with this is like, that's cool. And that's, that's kind of like them feels like they're upgrading kind of saying, Hey, these games that came out after us, we kind of realize like, that's a good thing for, for what Diablo is going to be, which is literally kind of how destiny is. Right. It's a, it's kind of like games as service light, right. Long-term like, sure. They want their $60 up front, but really the long-term for Diablo is to make it something that's profitable every month for, for Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that'll be interesting is like, if that doesn't run effectively, well, there are a bunch of people who love Diablo and they don't care about all that stuff. They care about having, they're up to four friends being able to go in a dungeon and do loot runs repetitively and, you know, get the gear they want and have fun. It's a, yeah. It's so, the classic Diablo gameplay, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. what the core that fan base wants. And you, you want proof of that it's called 40 million in sales for Diablo three, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> you're well, the good, the good takeaway that I have from it is, uh, I'm definitely not going to be calling myself Danny Diablo anytime, right? I do sure. love Diablo. Mm-hmm. Diablo 3 is where I kind of got into the world. Um, I haven't played 2, which uh, from what I gathered, that was where the series really skyrocketed. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's what Chris talks about. Uh, I think he's done on the show and, and in, in like our personal time. He talks about how like that's where he first got into Diablo was Diablo 2. Most uh, but so do uh-huh. Diablo 1. Diablo 1 yeah, was but, kind of a... Right, it's kind of yeah. It was it. It was crazy how they even got it to. But mm-hmm. I do in my mind, I can say out loud that while I was playing this this beta, I thought, man, this feels like Diablo. Oh yeah. But it just looks so much better than three. Yeah. Because <laughs> like you take all those little issues aside, like you take the technical stuff aside. Yeah, which is what a beta like, is for. Because I, I do yeah. not want to feel like someone feels like I'm harping saying I think this is gonna be a disaster and I'm worried about it. no the core tenement was in there is just reminds me blizzard does this kind of game better literally than anyone else yeah, and it, it was it's already there i'm like sure it's not perfectly balanced yet that takes time that takes them getting data back and going okay this is too powerful tweak this or this is under powerful boost that right but just building your character you know the options that you can do to build your character, the things where when you get a new piece of gear and you see the stats on it, you're like, well, what if I change to using those things instead? Right. By the time you get to the end of this beta, you just feel, I mean, it, it feels like classic Diablo. It feels like you could just be a God, but at the same time, if you are in an intense situation and you're not really monitoring what's going on, you're going to find out real quick, just how quickly you can go down right which is, is yeah that's always oh. the pull that people love of those games is how powerful you could feel like for a good bit and then quickly get a boss that makes you reconsider what you've been doing for the last <laughs> two hours uh yeah one thing we one thing I, I do want to point out chris and i we had the opportunity potentially to play co-op but mm-hmm. we didn't um we we will definitely do that when the game comes out yeah um so so unfortunately we can't really report on that. We also neither one of us got to do the one was it the one world boss that was out there? Yeah, they've only had one out. And I think again, I think that's why a lot of people dropped off. They only 
put that world boss out like a couple times on Saturday and that was it. Um, yeah. And, and our friend Mike was talking about how, you know, he was looking forward to do it. Cause you know, we talk about Mike, we're kind of making him like a, a fourth wheel of the show with everything we talk about, which he says he wants that to happen. Who knows? Just a forewarning it, whatever he does, he will not have a shirt on. Okay. It just is what it is. Uh, hashtag Burt Kreischer. Our well, shirtless Mike, correspondent. Our shirtless correspondent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Mike was saying like the, if you play like World of Warcraft, for example, or even Final Fantasy to a degree, you find out about where the world bosses are, their timers, you can go camp for them, and they are a thing. With this beta and the one world boss, it was a little discombobulated on when it would spawn, where it would spawn, and if you were leveled enough to be able to go do it. So that yeah. kind of sucked a little bit. But Yeah, I'm guessing it'll be a little bit more uniform once we get to the main thing, right? Um but yeah, it was, it, I mean, it was cool. It's just like, basically, if you're going to do this world boss, you, you had to get into the beta Friday and go and commit to it. And unfortunately I was only like level 18 when it spawned the one time I was on, but uh, I mean, seems like I a lot of people died trying to beat it. So yeah, which is, <laughs> which is cool. So that was a thing. Uh, a lot of people that I talked to, uh, including our circle of friends and, and those that, I really don't highlight on the show, but of course my circle of friends know uh, is that, that a lot of it, they gave you some really good loot. And I think oh, what yeah. they were doing was, so I'm, I'm going to hint on the things that were easy. So they hint, they, they were trying to, they were trying to, you know, how like when somebody comes out with a new food or a new place, they're like, here, take this for free. See how good it is. Yeah. So they want you to see how that works. But I, I kind of feel when the game truly starts, I'm probably not going to be getting the kind of gear, at least early on, that I was getting uh, in the beta. Also, it was it was somewhat, some of it was, I don't want to say easy to scare you, but I also think they wanted you to kind of experience the little, the area of land that, that they kind of allowed us to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, really enjoy it during the three days. So I think they they scaled back on some of the difficulty. I I, I say that as playing as a sorcerer, and I've heard those were one of the most OP classes aside from a necromancer. So that could be where my experience came from. Yeah. Uh, what did you, what did you say you played as again, Chris? I was a necromancer. Um, and I played on the highest difficulty that they offered so far. Um, and I would say, yeah, for the most part, you're right. Like most of the time I, I didn't have a problem about the only time I would have a problem is if it was like a true boss at the end of a major dungeon. Right. Like it, it wasn't, it, it was one of those things where I was like, man, I wish I had three friends. That's, that's kind of the best way I could say it where I was like, if I was working in combination with everyone, it would be great. But I had to worry so much about just like keeping myself out of paths of damage that it, it took me a while, you know, to beat some of those bosses, like not because I didn't see what I had to do, but just to keep myself alive. <laughs> well, <laughs> to do the damage. I was, I was, I was yoinking people and mm. it, that was even after it took me a while. So like when you, you have these abilities that I don't quite remember them being like this in three, but there's this core set of like defensive skills as a sorcerer, at least I could pick and they are all based in elements. So like fire, electricity yeah. and things like that ice uh, and then there's offensive skills and then there's core abilities and as i was unlocking these and playing through at least from a uh this is why i think like diablo was 
even though it's a PC game, it works so well on console. Sure. They were just they're so easy to to navigate to your buttons. So now you have dedicated buttons on your controller. You can interact them very very easily. Did you find that to be the same on PC? Because you were also probably what playing with your Xbox Elite I did. controller. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer to actually play these games now. You know, it's it's weird because if you told me back when Diablo three first went to console, you could play these games with a controller. It it just it would feel so foreign, but honestly now I think with the movement and things like that, it's just so much easier with a controller and knowing that no matter what, whether you're on P using keyboard mouse or controller, you're locked at any point to having six abilities that you can access. Right. And including your ultimate, like that, that makes it interesting because it, it really does make you think about, the kinds of builds you're making and going like, well, I need to unlock this one thing, not because necessarily I'm going to use it in my rotation, but because of all these little trees of buffs that might go to that type of damage. Right. Um, like say my guy would be cursing people and I would have certain things that say, Hey, whenever you curse, you know, and pair it with this, it does X much more damage. Uh, cause I was doing what's called an exploding corpse <laughs> build, which is really fun. I, I like those builds. I like to pile up minions. And then when the big bosses come in, just see a screen of explosions around me. <laughs> My favorite move. I was spamming this. Uh, it was almost like an electricity whip with my wand. Nice. Uh, it was, it was so tantalizing. I could, I did not want to use it. And then I ended up getting one where uh, I could, I when I hit the button, this was a core ability, just these little pockets of electricity kind of like snaked out and just hit anything in its way. It was so mm. visually, it was visually dope. And when I, when I play Diablo, one thing that stands out to me is, is how in the world could they make, you know, these, the dungeons or the world like it is so successful and it's an isometric game and all you do is you go in and you fight and kill things and you get loot why do they do that so good and what is it but they do i don't yeah. know how to tell you any other way they just kind of do it's it's like it's that perfect awesome. it's a perfect synergy of it doesn't feel like there's ever a truly bad idea unless you're just not grouping things together that build off of it there are so many different options for each class of how you could choose to play. And, you know, we were talking about this, like when we did Woe long last week, I said, like everyone needs to learn from blizzard and Diablo. And I mean it cause it's right here. It's evident again, like where, when you look at loot, it's very easy to identify what is the big thing with the legendary gear that you, that's going to make something really worthwhile to your build as you get later and later into it. You know, and that's I, uh, just so fun. I, I gotta, I gotta say, and and listen, at the beginning of the year, did I? I don't remember, and this is a fault that we have. Is do you guys happen to remember what I? Uh, I'll say this: Did I mention Diablo Four as one of my most anticipated games? I don't remember if I did or not. You did, Chris. Chris did. I don't know if I did or not. Uh, I don't think I did. Chris kind of said no. I'll say this. After playing this beta, this game comes out in June. Chris made the comment that as of June, we're we're effed. Because <laughs> this is all we're gonna want to do. Me. But if I had to name three games right now mm -hmm. that I cannot wait to play, it would be Diablo 4, 
The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. And the third one, low key, I d- and this is, I don't know why I want to play it. I think because it's space related, is Starfield. Stop trying to steal mine. <laughs> I'm stealing all your thunder. No, it was, it was funny. Me and Mike were talking about it, and you said, like, man, it's about to be Christmas for me because, you know, for him, he gets uh, mm. Legend of Zelda and then he gets you know, Diablo and he gets uh, Final Fantasy 16. I said, like, yeah. this is probably. <laughs> probably the biggest year of christmas i've had in a while because just i get a diablo game which you get once every 10 years and i get a new todd howard game and i haven't had that in seven years right so you know short of like all of a sudden rockstar coming out tomorrow and going by the way october 22nd gta 6 here we go i don't you know i mean in consolation this fall it sounds like i get spider-man 2 still so right you know and i love the first spider-man so the first spider-man was so dope and even knowing all that exists look this year heading into it i knew resident evil 4 was coming out yeah little did i know i was gonna love the game potentially you know little did i know i was gonna play it so i give you the three as of right now that i'm most excited about yeah but again, I understand there are going to be curveballs that come in, and as as what we do happens, it's potentially that I don't get to play all three, or like, or at least play all three like I want to. But yeah, uh, I, I, I I can't I will, wait. I will make a prediction. I think this will be the highest selling game for the for the year. You think for the it, year? It's short of like I said, short of GTA Six being announced <laughs> and coming out in like October. Right, I think Diablo Four will be the highest earning game this year. It it really seems like it's shaping up that way. John, do you think? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, any questions? I, I, I just you guys have been pretty high on on what you've played. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you have you broken down the character classes and you know are they are they well balanced and everything? Because I'm 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 seeing online if you if you if you look on youtube and you look up diablo 4 videos people like asmongold they've got like really really strong concerns about this game and i'm wondering if these if there's anything that you guys have noticed playing this game that sort of mirrors their concerns which i don't know what they are right per se but But, is, is there anything you guys are concerned about going into the launch of this game which is two months away yeah as i said technical and i think that's the one thing well, I they, think they, that said, could, they said the necromancer class is garbage it is i mean i don't think it's quite as powerful as it was at three but mm-hmm. i had like i said towards the end i had a build that i was pretty happy with and mm-hmm. the thing to all those guys i would say this and like everyone seems to forget it maybe no diablo game ships with classes well optimized two took years to get well-optimized classes and, you know, them releasing uh, option optional patches you could download. And three, three really didn't get balanced well uh, until they fixed a, the, you know, the auction house stuff. And then really, I would say Reaper of souls coming out on, um, on console. And that, that was when it really seemed to hit its stuff. So, you know, I'm not worried about that. Like the, the, the allure is still there. It's just like, it's kind of like when a new expansion comes out, Sean, you'll relate to this. Wow. You kind of like, for instance, I, I, I go in there and I played my monk and I was fun because I was OP as hell when that it was expansion. new. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden one day I came in and I was nothing again. Right. And you know, right. I go, well, that was fun times, but 
you just kind of know if you ever get a build that's way op eventually there's going to be a course correction that's kind of yeah. how these games work blizzard and blizzard are the the kings and queens at this right they 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 really buff you up and then mm-hmm. they nerf you they buff you up and they nerf you yeah sometimes if you find a favorite class you like your class never gets buffed and it gets forgotten about but john asked you asked a specific question uh, so yeah. we needed to highlight the five I mean, classes: barbarian, which I don't, I, I don't think I'll ever play. It's it's think of hefty big axe swinging. It, yeah. It's fine, yeah. I, I was mainly a sorceress. That was the second class of sorcery. Mm-hmm. Rogue. I've heard rogues can be pretty dope. You lay traps and things like that. Everyone right, who's played rogue seems to enjoy. It. I mean, like I've been watching. Like there's this one ability where all of a sudden you're just firing. It seems like nine thousand arrows per second at these That's enemies. Dope. <laughs> uh, then of course the necromancer, which we've highlighted, and finally the druid. Uh, druid we, looked we cool too. Early. Yeah, the druid did look cool. I like the way um, the druid looked. I, I, I yeah. It, it's like all the class. Like I said, the only concerns are the technical side to me. Like because if that is something that is busted that's the kind of thing that could eventually kill the game if it's not there and again i think blizzard is releasing this going it's going to come out on june 6 like if i was placing a bet this game is going to come out on june 6 and there's going to be crashes and there's going to be disconnects and there's going to be long load time or you know login times and they're probably hopefully there won't be rubber banding but there very well could be um, the question is, is it resolved in a couple of days or a week, or is it something that persists for three months? Right? Like that's the only thing I really see as being the danger zone because people have kind of shown like, you know, Halo had a very nice launch and then all of a sudden tech issues just kept creeping in on them. Right. And it completely killed that game where I don't know if it can be recovered now, no matter what they do on the flip side, you have, because of that you have companies where it seems like Microsoft is telling Bethesda your game better ship and it better ship, not just Bethesda ready. It needs to like ship standard AAA ready this time. And maybe that might be the better call for something like Diablo is for it to be delayed out June and put out at a point where you don't have these issues going on. Right, because that that might be long term better. If I was Bethesda to Microsoft, I'd go f you. We've been keeping you guys afloat for five years. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say this too: if you're kind of questioning, so let's say you really want to bot play this game, mm. you really want to buy it. Your next question is going to be: what system do I buy it for? What edition do I get? For a breakdown of that, I'm going to simply say: go to Blizzard or just search Diablo Four Blizzard. When you go to their website, they'll have it broken down for you with all the things you get. I'm just, I'm a little upset because I can't get the physical collector's edition something. Everything is always digital and Blizzard. They've been doing that, to be quite honest, with World of Warcraft for a while now. It, it just kind of is what it is. Uh, but it's going to be available on PC. It's going to be abla- available on Series X and S, even Xbox One, PS5, and PS4. Uh, I'm sure at some point down the road it'll come on whatever Switch or Nintendo we have. Um, I I don't know that I have anything more that I want to say or highlight, but Chris, of course, the floor is yours. If there's anything else you want to highlight. So, Sean, you said no physical copies of any type? 
Not no, there's physical. You can go to like GameStop and buy it or Walmart. You'll just get the disc. I, I mean, like the oh, special edition. I, I couldn't find a collector's edition. Maybe I'm too late in the game where I would get like a Lilith figure or something yeah. like that. Spe- I, I do want to highlight this. this oh, is sure. the last thing I'll PA. say. <laughs> One thing that if you've never played a Diablo and you think it's just an isometric dungeon crawler with loot, sure. But one thing you're going to be completely surprised on is the storytelling and really the setting of all of the Diablo games accompanied with the way Blizzard does cutscenes and music and just pure ambiance. Diablo is one of those games that if it if you don't even know that this can check your box, oh boy, are you going to be happy when it does check it? Because it is it is tasty. For sure. Yeah, it's beautiful cutscenes in that game. And Lilith, I think, already seems more interesting than the original setup for, for three. Um, with uh what's his face falling from heaven and all that kind of stuff. I, I was hey. sold on her within five seconds. <laughs> we sure we enough. need to I, I'm not even I'm not even uh, as the kids would say, capping right now, right? Mm. No cap. No cap, bro. We need to play Diablo three again and and just get refreshed. Uh, I'm, I'm, and that's what's crazy. I'm always down to play Diablo. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Sure. Sometimes we even download it to get ready to play it, and then we don't play it. That's fun. And Acid said he'll join. That's what's up. There you go. I do love that game. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, just really hope it goes smooth. And June 6th, if it holds true, uh, I really don't know what I'm going to do come. June 22nd when uh when Final Fantasy 16 comes out and I really hope I've beaten Zelda by then cuz I don't know. We're well, we're going to beat Zelda cuz we're going to have to. I'm not going to take 3 years to beat that one. Uh secondly, that's when we're going to have to say Mike, friend of the show Mike, you're the best Final Fantasy fan we know. Put a shirt on or don't. Get a mic. I'll let you borrow a mic, join the show just for the topic and then you can leave. That'll have us covered for there. I will only allow that if with the shirt off, if he gets in a hot tub and it and, and does from the hot tub. That's awesome. I mean, the, the worst part for me with, with Zelda and then Diablo, like 10 days before Zelda, I've got to, I've got to play Redfall. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm and then there was something, something else. Oh, something Star else. Wars. Right? Oh. Or did that get pushed? Uh, that's April 28th. Yeah. That's, so that's two days before my birthday. That's four but days still. before Redfall. Though uh, you did, you haven't played the first one, so I guess that's not as much of a... I, I just mentioned a birthday, and I, I, I know we normally don't get the opportunity to do this, because how often do we just get a hint that one of our fans and listeners have a birthday on the day of recording? Uh, one of our one of our longtime listeners uh, is has a birthday today during the recording, so happy birthday to Huck. I hope all our Richards birthday, and all of everybody says uh, is able to message her and say happy birthday and all the things that need to be said. Thank you for being awesome and listening. And honestly, thank you to everybody for for being totally awesome and giving us the platform we have to do things like talk about a Diablo beta. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Is there a score? No, it's a beta. Okay. Yeah. All off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News. 
so yeah we got we got some news this week uh and uh john's going first i hate this show <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen let's talk about season two season two of what mind you let's find out while the first season of the last of us is wrapped the second season might have to be have to wait according to bella ramsey as reported by the independent bella ramsey warned fans that they might not see a new episode for almost two years quote it will be a while i think we'll probably shoot at the end of this year beginning of next so it'll probably be at the end of 2024 early 2025 end quote the second season will presumably adapt the last of us part two sean what do you yes, think sir. about this <laughs> first off that's funny uh yeah i saw her i saw her tweet uh, and fans were actually pretty excited when she tweeted that um who's to say she's right or wrong i mean she's just ellie of the show she doesn't know what scheduling has to do you know what age the deals have to be made when it can squeeze blah 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 blah, blah budgeting so i don't know i mean the fact that we're probably we're getting a second season that's all i really care about back to you john Chris, do you want a new season of that abysmal adaptation of The Last of Us Part Two? I do, because my mom just finished it, and this is the first show that she's had where she can't go read the source material and know the pain that is coming uh, without saying too much for those who by chance haven't played the second game. So I'm just, there's so many people I want to be in the room for one episode that will probably air at some point in the next season. Um, this seems in line though. I, I can't say I'm, I'm shocked here. You think of like their big shows like game of Thrones and this, it, that's unfortunately that's the, the trade off, right? You get these wonderful productions, but yeah, it takes a while in post-production to make it look that good, right? So, well, I mean, if if they're going to it's going to be it's going to take longer because it's going to be harder to make season 2 good as opposed to the game which wasn't good. But most importantly, I got to go. A thing just came up. I can't do this anymore. But most importantly, um the fact that the fact that we're getting a season 2 presumably in in 2025 you do that math and season three would be coming 2027. That gives Naughty Dog plenty of time to get that game out. So that's my, I've been saying that. I think, I think so too. It says here, last of us part two got a 93. Yeah. Facts, right? Metacritic. Yeah. I don't know. Part two is a great game. I'm just kidding folks. (laughs) You also, you didn't like that game or God of War Ragnarok, dude. Who are you? I haven't finished God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. I don't have an opinion on God of War Ragnarok. Hashtag actions speak louder than words, don't they? Well, well, he did finish Spider-Man. I think he platinumed I, it. I will, I will finish God of War Ragnarok long before you ever got around to finishing Breath of the Wild. Is that a He's challenge? on the clock. He's officially on the clock now. Is that what? a... <laughs> you, got, you got three years to beat God of War, yeah. Ragnarok. <laughs> I said a high, you know, entry point and time frame. You have plenty of time to do that. Hold on a second. You went, I said a high. And then <laughs> time frame. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know where to go with that. I was going to say a high mark, but then I realized that was skewed. I, mm-hmm. I, what I wanted to say was you have a lot of time to do that. I got sure. so much time, dude. Yeah. I have a generation to finish that game i don't know yeah. I, I mean 
John, sounds like you got till September because uh, I don't know if you know this. That's nice. Tony That's Todd. Nice. He's a voice actor, guys, who is going who, who to be is a, uh, what? He's a voice actor. He's okay, portraying, okay, okay, okay. and most importantly, he's portraying Venom in the upcoming Spider-Man sequel from Insomniac. Uh, and apparently he's revealed that the game will release sometime in September of this year. When someone on Twitter responded to his post saying they couldn't wait for more details about Spider-Man 2, Todd responded, quote, looks like September. Massive publicity coming out in August. Commercials start dropping in August, so I'm told. Hold on to your... We can't say that we're on the podcast. Also, hold hold your breath. It's going to be necessary. Uh, it's important to note, guys. You know, he is just a voice actor, so we should probably not consider this uh, uh, an absolute confirmation from the studio of when this game's coming out. Uh, John, do you think that's when uh, we'll begin our Spider-Man two on? Um, when does Starfield come out? September 6th. No, it will you not remember? come out. It will not come out when Starfield comes out. I think it'll come out either August or October. It's not going to want to compete with uh, with Starfield. That's just my two cents. Mm. That immediately raised a red flag to me because, because I was pretty sure Star. I, I, I thought that Starfield was September, and I just don't see any, any reason for those games to collide with each other in the same month. Fair point. Sean, how about you? Do you think you'll be having to choose between Starfield and and swinging your web in New York City? <laughs> no, 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 slinging my web. Not slinging swing. my yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you this: if that is a choice, Starfield right now is going to get my vote because mm. I've already played Spider Man, assuming it's going to be similar to the first one, and I have no idea what this Starfield game is going to be about. I, I do want to point out: I think it's kind of funny the first two news stories we read. Uh, one an actress was like yeah you're gonna get a second season around here and we're just believing it and then also a voice actor is like hey it's coming out then and we're gonna believe it so i don't know i kind of agree with john that it's probably august or october if they were smart and looked at the calendar yeah i think this might be someone who you know i don't know how many games he's worked on i think maybe he's just jumping the gun of like things he's hearing when i hear that this game is gonna get massive publicity starting in august into september i would go i think they probably are going to build this for two or three months right for sure like so my thinking is right now you know god of war dominated in november i don't think sony has another exclusive that would be nearly as big as spider-man 2 coming out this uh this holiday season and honestly after starfield out unless microsoft at their showcase comes up and says there's something we just don't know about that's huge i don't know what would be as big as spider-man 2 why why not you know (laughs) why not to your point either some point in october or or late or early November, you know, go and claim that mantle and, you know, have the holiday season running. The only reason I would say maybe not is maybe they want it to be out early enough where they feel okay with when you get to Black Friday saying we're going to cut the price down to like, you know, 40 bucks or something like that. So a bunch of parents pick it up for their kids for Christmas. It's the only reason I could see it, but who knows? We'll see. Well, I mean, if they wanted to sabotage their sales and try to compete with Starfield, yeah, I, I mean the one thing though is like they are two different types of games. So they they are, but one of the reasons 
I would say that they both have a lot right. I would say probably you wouldn't take five. (laughs) I would say Microsoft doesn't want to compete with Spider-Man most of all, because Starfield is sort of a, I'm not going to say make it or break it, but they really need this one to expand subscribers for game pass. They really need that to happen. And I don't think they want to, I don't think they want to want to run the risk of releasing at the same time. And and I know a month is 30 days. One can be at the beginning of a month. The other could be at the end of a month, but you know, they want to avoid each other's windows because particularly for Microsoft, they don't want to compete with one, a huge brand in cinema and also what has become a very huge brand in games. Um, because that game's going to sell and distract from people subscribing to Game Pass. Sure. Fair point. I, I really have a feeling that Starfield outsells Spider-Man. If it hits. Sure. Yeah, I, I've got right. a feeling. I just got a feeling it, it, this is going to be this is going to be like what Skyrim did. Like how it became a, a just a darling. I I feel like Starfield is is gonna be the one. I don't know. I, this is all just in the heart of Sean saying what he believes. It, I think it's gonna be awesome. It may have more people who play. I don't know if it'll outsell just because of Game Pass, right? The thing that'll be interesting is to see what it does on Steam, right? Like how many people are buying it through there. And then saying like, how long are they playing it? That will yeah. be the idea of how good Starfield. Well, and and, it, and we do uh, just a reminder: we have Twitch chat going on, and our friend Draven makes a good point of those two games. Which one would we consider more to be a system seller? And I'd, I'd have to answer that question Star- by saying Spider Man. No, I say Starfield. You say Starfield. I say Spider Man. So we're kind of flip flop. Isn't that crazy? Well, the, the console, yeah. the, the PS Five is already melting off the shelves right now. I mean, they've sure. they fixed their supply issue. Yeah, okay, I see where. Yeah. So now I'm back is, on Team Starfield. The thing, just, the thing is just selling. <laughs> the thing is selling itself. There's no amount of game that's going to sell the the system for it. Yeah. But I, I think this is. I think this is a. This is a system seller for Xbox, particularly a subscription seller, if not a yeah. box seller. Yeah, I, I would listen. I would tell you folks out there, if you didn't want to invest in it, do do what your boy Sean did, and go get on that that program where you only pay a couple dollars a month for your Xbox, and you got Ultimate Game Pass for two years, and in one of those months you're getting Starfield. I'm excited about it. So if you uh, if if you can only play one that month, what are you going to play? Starfield, Chris. Dude, really? <laughs> Starfield, <Yeah>. Starfield. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, see, I'm Spider Man too. We're all over the map here. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna sabotage this show. Yeah. Oh, second time I've tried to sabotage a pivot, uh, but I will say that there is no sabotage in what I'm about to talk about. Microsoft, speaking of Microsoft, right? They have commented on Sony's concern for an inferior version of Call of Duty. We were just talking about Spider Man and Starfield. This has to do with Call of Duty making its way to platforms. In its latest submission to the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, Microsoft responded to these concerns, stating this. As Microsoft will be shipping, uh, I'm just going to say COD because it's fun, on PlayStation in compliance with its remedy commitments, Microsoft will have every incentive to develop games with optimized support for PS5 features, such as haptics 
and future consoles in order to maximize sales on the platform. Microsoft also committed on a potential 10-year deal with Sony, saying, quote, Microsoft considers that a period of 10 years is sufficient for Sony as a leading publisher and console platform to develop alternatives to COD. Now, Chris, I'll ask you first, <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you think about this, and when are we ever going to play COD again, by the way? Oh, man. I don't know if I'll ever play COD again. I'll be honest. <laughs> like they'd have to, <laughs> that, that game just doesn't really do anything for me anymore, but I get why it's very popular. Um, as far as this, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think everyone, uh, it shouldn't shock that. Yes. Microsoft, when it puts games out on any platform, wants them to do well and wants them to be well optimized for those platforms because that's when they make money, right? They've demonstrated this personally for years now with Minecraft. They don't withhold features from Minecraft just to get you to play Minecraft on Xbox. They don't care if you go take it on your Switch, on your PlayStation, on your PC on the go, or on your Xbox. It's because they're the ones who make billions of dollars off that game, right? So I think that'd be the same here. And I mean... It's interesting, like the 10 year deal thing came up. I believe like they offered this to Steam as well, too. And Steam was like, we don't need a 10 year commitment because we just know it makes no freaking sense for them to pull it from us and we'll act on good faith, right? Like we don't need something in writing saying we'll have all the features. Like, no, they they understand Microsoft, if they get this entity, is going to make the money on Call of Duty just on day one, but then every month afterwards, because it keep people keep playing on the platform and keep buying things on that platform. Right. So. True. John, did you, did you have anything you wanted to add to that or what Chris said? All the things Chris said, mm -hmm. obviously, but most importantly, I mean, the quote of this to me that really stuck out was basically Microsoft saying, you've got 10 years. Mm -hmm. You've got 10 years to get, get a call of duty equivalent leaving the door open. See, and look, this is not an attack on Microsoft. This is just an acknowledgement of what they do. And there's been plenty of examples of what they've done, telling review boards that they would not pull something when they actually would pull something eventually, as, as it turns out. They're, 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 they're talking out of both sides of their mouth and leaving the door open to take Call of Duty away from PlayStation. Hmm. They just are. Look at the quote, and they just are. They, they see Call of Duty on PlayStation as not an infinite deal. They see it as if we can get our sales up and we can get to, get, get to a position to where we can be more dominant, we would happily put Call of Duty exclusive to our platform. They know it. They just won't say it. That's okay that they won't say it. I'm just saying in this whole deal with winners and losers, every... Every um, every company in this situation, whether it be Sony, Activision, Microsoft, whoever, they're acting in their own best interests, period. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Sony is doing what it's doing because they should do it. They have every reason to do it. They have every financial reason to, pre to prevent this merger because preventing this merger is what's best for Sony. That's it. On, on one hand, there's no, there's no technically, there's no bad guys here. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So they, on, they, on one. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Cause I was going to go on to my whole spiel. So go ahead. No worries. 
Um, I was going to say the one thing though, that's funny with this now is that while they, you could argue they should have done it or should have not done it. They seem to be the ones now that might actually at least have, I'm not going to go to the level of like level 10. They're, they're in trouble now thing. Right. But it's like, it seems like the one thing that has come out of this for them has been now that they have us regulators looking at them and talking to Japan and saying, Hey, you know, back when you said like Nintendo isn't a real console in this market, it's just Xbox and uh, Sony. Well, that means Sony controls 98% of the Japanese high console market or whatever. And uh, they're using that leverage to go and strong arm Japanese publishers to give them exclusive deals to games. And they apparently got, Japanese regulatory boards this week to say, yeah, we think that's something we should be looking at. I don't know if anything will come of that, but like that comes out of Sony fighting this. Like if Sony doesn't say anything, I don't think this gets brought up at all, but because they made this classification, it's weird now that, I mean, with the next story we're going to read, it, it seems like everything is kind of going swimmingly, at least for now for Microsoft. Right. And now Sony's gotten this blowback that I don't think they were expecting when they started this whole entire process two points i wanted to kind of highlight uh one it i never really i never really thought about the angle of why someone like microsoft would not want to sabotage a game I, I, for some reason i had a a devilish approach to it if you will the lens of that i looked at it was a little evil it, it, in, in a way i thought that would be a really good way to end your competition send them a cuss word version of a game <laughs> right and say I, I i don't know why it's not running good on your system it must be your system but then i then i my lens changed and i thought about it and yeah you if you like money you want to continue to make money and if you own the product that you're shipping to another place yeah. make it good because you still get money no worries but uh and i want to give props to our twitch chat they they kind of hopped in specifically uh uh and brought this up and it was on my mind too glaring in our faces okay old school shooters uh of, on video game shooter right you remember this sony had an exclusive that was pretty successful it was called socom sure the difference between socom and call of duty one uh call of duty is a first person game with this amazing way that you play it and level ups and the multiplayer is just amazing uh socom was more third person and it also was very uh, i don't want to say more realistic uh but it wasn't as like bells and whistly as like a call of du uh, duty game is right yeah uh it was it had the same game modes in multiplayer you know like uh you had to arm and and uh let a bomb go off or it, what all the game modes you're, you're kind of used to socom had it but what happened was uh the producer that that made the game zipper uh, I don't know where they went. Oh, it they kind of fault. Yeah, it's just, they're just gone, right? I don't know yeah. where they are right now. And that franchise just kind of stopped. And part of that was because of the success, the success that Call of Duty brought to the market, and just kind of if it was a sponge, it sucked everything into it. You know what I mean? So they don't even need something like that. You know, it, there's a little part if you're talking about the next ten years, right? There's a little studio that Sony owns now called Bungie. And while they're not going to make Destiny free to play, they technically own you know own Bungie. It's like, hey, 
you got 10 years. If you want to develop something, you could make that an exclusive for PlayStation. And if there's any studio out there that could make a first person shooter, that's competent enough to disrupt call of duty, you know, they would be my pick as far as, as ones up there. Cause they used to be Kings. seems like Bungie already had, seems like Bungie already has Sony by the short hairs there though. Hmm. I mean, their, Maybe. Deal, their deal was like, you don't tell us who you're not going to tell us who, what platforms to put on, to mm-hmm. put our games on. Maybe. I mean, that would, that would have been the opportunity for Sony, but mm-hmm. they, but they stopped short. They stopped short of, of, I don't know. Maybe that's all they could get from them. Maybe that's, but, mm-hmm. but my understanding was their, their intent behind destiny was, was by behind Bungie was more of a tactical one with their technology. Yeah. Not but necessarily to, their development power. I guess to your point though, like from before, if you can make agreements out there and say one thing, right? As we saw with Xbox doing with Bethesda, you know, if Sony owns Bungie, you know, in the end, they are the owners of that company. I don't know if down the road they want to change course, right? Because they could say because of market needs or whatever that, you know, to me, it's like, it's a great agreement that sounded good when you put out the PR, right? Because it qualms the idea of like, oh, we're going to make Bungie exclusive titles now. Right. But to your point, 10 years, a lot of things can change. Right. And who knows what they'll do with the studio then. Everybody good there? Yeah. I think we're good. I think we're actually getting somewhere. Yeah. Oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Well, speaking of getting somewhere. Uh, Microsoft's Activision Blizzard deal is becoming more likely thanks to the UK. (laughs) The UK's Competition and Markets Authority said it will no longer have any concerns going forward that Microsoft would use the deal to harm competition with Sony. In addition, Japan's antitrust watchdog has also said that it does not expect a merger to harm, stifle any competition. Just chopping away, guys. Just chopping away. Chopping away. Uh, Sean, yeah, can you not wait for this to be over? Yeah, I, in a, in a way, I, I don't think there's much to be said on it because I think we were all kind of waiting to see what this. Uh, aside from this being concrete decisions, the decisions made, boom, we're done. This is as close to that as we we're gonna get until it happens. Uh, but if the UK's Competition and Markets Authority pushes it through, uh, Japan's antitrust is signing off on it. Uh. It's going to start falling. Like it, it, yeah, it, this is this is it. This is kind of like if you're watching news and breaking news starts happening and pieces of information come in and your picture starts becoming clearer. That's where we're at right here with this. True. Yeah, I think they were I think they were uh, clinging champagne glasses together uh, recently. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think um, we went from once the EU said they were going to probably vote to process this and then this came seven days later not even i think right i would probably put this at 95 percent, and i would actually say i think microsoft had previously said at some point if they got the cma and eu's approval they were probably going to go ahead even with the fda case or ftc fda ftc case still lingering in the background they were going to go ahead and start 
filing closing paperwork to get this done. So I wouldn't be surprised once those two things are official that within them, like a month or two after that, you see Microsoft say we've closed our deal and the FTC will either come and settle with them and say, Hey, we're fine with you. Right. Or also go to court. And I think they just know that it's, it's not a very likely scenario where they're going to win this thing all the way up to a Supreme court, given the history of like these cases. So Jan. I'm just, I'm just happy. It's almost over. Right. I, I, I just, I just, <laughs> um, you know, as I've said before on the show, it, it, this fell through. Um, I don't think it would be good. Okay, let me let me start over. I think this is bad for the industry, hmm. but I think that it not going through would be even worse for the industry. So, um, because you had mentioned that other big name entities would take over that we don't want taking over if our choices are Microsoft Tencent. or Tencent, we want Tencent Microsoft. Is, Tencent is drooling, like right. They, right. they want they want they want to crack it as bad. So true. Um, I got no pivot for this one, guys. Yeah, I know. Just start reading. Yeah, it. yeah. guys. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna just pivot to Redfall because we're already talking about Microsoft. Why not talk about their their next big exclusive? Uh, according to its games developer, Redfall was previously in development for PlayStation 5 before Microsoft acquired Bethesda. According to Arcane's Harvey Smith, that's a great name. We bought, we got bought by Microsoft and that was a huge sea of change. Uh, they said no PlayStation 5. We're going to do Game Pass, Xbox, and PC. Smith said the studio didn't mind the decision. He continued support from Game Pass and have to worry about one less platform, one less complexity. And Game Pass has a ton of people that can play it could be our biggest game ever because of the 30 million Game Pass members. In other news, demos of the game uh, received a lot of positive buzz. There was a little bit mixed, but uh, overwhelmingly, it seemed to be like people like, seems like it could be a hit. Who knows? Yeah, um, I think I think I think people aren't going to be who are arcane purists who simply want the arcane experience. They're not going to be happy with it. But I'll let you go ahead and pivot to somebody. Keep going, John. Oh man. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Sean, what about you? Do you, I mean, is this shocking? No, I, we, we talked about that, that, that probably existed, that there was probably games in development when the merger happened, that we probably were going to get on Sony PlayStation. Uh, and now we're not, and this is another one. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll kick it back to you guys, but am I the only one not excited to play this game? And should I be excited to play this game? I thought you were. Am I? I I thought you were. I was vampires. Yeah, I wasn't so sure of it. Like when it first was kind of laid out, because my fear was that I was trying to be Left for Dead, and Left for Dead isn't necessarily a great thing uh, for people to try just to imitate. It takes a very particular game and a particular studio to make those a hit. Um, but. Sean's in his own little world right now. Uh, but on the flip side, you know, from what I've seen now, this looks a lot more in line with something that I could get down with and could have a fun time with. Like, it seems like a Far Cry 5 type 
game, but with a much more condensed map, right? And then having Arcane's ability to, you know this, John, like for something like the Clockwork Mansion and Dishonored to walk around and you see a story as you walk around that building of stuff that you don't have to actually be shown, right? You get there was something that happened there. Um, but you don't like Far Cry. I do love Far Cry 3 and 4 and 6 was okay and 2 was okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, on on the flip side, yeah, not shocked that this used to be exclusive, especially because if you look at the Bethesda roadmap from like the point up to where they got by Microsoft, what was happening, they were just trying to wheel out exclusivity rights to get their games paid for, right? Which is kind of why they made that decision. AKA Deathloop. Yeah. And Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh yeah. Forgot that was a Bethesda mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Shouldn't be surprised since Bethesda financially supports Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was laughing. Yeah. John, and it was because of you. Uh it's got vampires. <laughs> that was I was out of all the selling points, that may have been the greatest selling point to a, a man from another man to play a game. <laughs> It's got vampires. That's it. That's all you need. That that was everything I needed, and the delivery and everything was perfect. I wonder what would happen if Mike played Dishonored. I don't know. He's already tried, and he said it's by, a uh, cuss word ne- game. By next Tuesday, he will have platinum Dishonored. And two. <laughs> and Death of the Outsider. And Death of the Outsider. Wait, there's I an just, Outsider? I, I, simply, I simply mentioned Ghostwire Tokyo last That's week. That's all he needed. And he Dude, you're, you're, you're an influencer. Tokyo. You're in it. We we are influencers. Could you imagine He's, if he went through and did those and pray and death loop? Just became he became you. By the time Next, we by the time we do the episode on Redfall, he's platinum that. Even no, though he's, 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 he's gonna in John's like, seat at his house, wearing the shirt, <laughs> right? He's he's where John is. He's be wearing the shirt like this. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my goodness, Lord! He's a he's a mercenary. That's what. Yeah, he, if we have if the show had a mercenary, it would be it would be our good friend Mike for sure. Uh, Resident Evil Four also has some mercenaries, and uh, if you're a fan of that mode, you're gonna have some good news. I'll tell you that much. Uh, the the mercenary mode for Resident Evil Four will be arriving very soon. Uh, about what two weeks away now? Mm-hmm. On April the seventh. Uh, Sony's state of play did confirm that the game would be coming. Uh, I'm sorry that this would be coming up, of course, post-release in a future update. Mercenaries mode involves the player entering stages or sections of the main game in which you must eliminate as many enemies as you can in a certain uh, time frame, time limit, if you will. Players receive ratings based on enemies defeated and time completing each stage. Uh, I'm going to pivot to John first because, John, you, you, you were watching me play last night. Uh, and you mentioned that that was coming out. So give me your thoughts on this and if you're excited about it. Yeah, we were talking about the fact that uh, Mercenaries mode would probably add more trophies to what what is already a very difficult trophy list. Right. Um, it was Mercenaries mode is is a really fun thing. Once you once you get used to what it's trying to do, um, it is it is the one thing that kept me delayed from getting the platinum trophy for village for about nine months. And then I Mm. finally, finally went back to it. But the idea of it is it takes like little areas of the game that you played and kind of 
blocks, uh, it kind of turns it into an arena where you have to, you know, defeat as many enemies as you can. There's a set amount of enemies. You have to, the goal is to defeat all of them. And the idea is you have a time limit that's set on the, it it, it could be, I think you could start the timer, this timer could start at three minutes. Every enemy you kill adds to the timer by fractions. Every, every time you get, you know, and it's like, um, you have to do like combos. So a combo will keep going when you kill an enemy and, and, and you have like maybe 10 seconds to get your next kill. Otherwise you have oh, the combo ends that, that combo helps you get, um, a better score. And you go from, I think you go from an F all the way to a triple S ranking. And in order for me to get the platinum trophy, um, I had to get a, at least an S rank on every mercenary arena, which was pretty brutal, um, particularly in the factory, because you have all these enemies that are later in the game in the factory that are much harder to take down. And it gives you a set. Each time you start the round, you go in and you select which weapon you want to use. And you have only a certain amount of um, money to buy certain things that you need. And you can do it in so many different ways. But it just, it just, it's an interesting, stressful way to play. And it's really fun. But when you're trying to get um, certain ranks, it really, it really just messes with you. It gets, it gets really, really stressful. My my thought process kind of went into what horde mode is on Gears of War, um, so we'll we'll have to see. I don't know if I'm quite Good. sold on getting it or not, but I know that you. Well, I remember it, I remember you playing it before. Well, it's free. It'll it'll just it'll just pop up. Yeah, and typically, no, good. I was gonna say I remember you trying to get that trophy last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Speaking of yes, Chris, did you want to add anything to this? Nah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I do have to ask you one question directly. You're playing Resident Evil 4 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this something you're even interested in? No, I mean, Mike kind of said it. it's like it's very much like a Call of Duty Zombies mode, it seems like, in a way. And yeah. I, I do appreciate them putting in stuff like this because it's a good homage to, you know, Devil May Cry with the the score or even if you want to go outside to Konami to something like a Kojima games, right? Like where you have the rating and all that kind of stuff. But it it seems like a cool way to keep people coming back and enjoying it and, you know, really becoming an expert at killing these zombies or infected, whatever you want to call them. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Do you, anything else to add either one of you? You're good. It's just I know that I know that the Resident Evil series is kind of like John's precious, if you will. So before we wrapped it up, I wanted to make sure. Well, speaking of preciouses, <laughs> let's talk about Gollum's precious. I don't know if I want to talk about Gollum's precious. That's gross. That would be kind of grody. The Lord of the Rings Gollum will launch on PlayStation 5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and PC on May 25th. The Nintendo sometime later in the year. Typical. The gameplay consists of stealth and action as Gollum sneaks around Middle-earth. The game centers around the conflict between Smeagol and Gollum with players having to make choices between a light and a dark side. 
The game is taking uh, direct inspiration from the books and not from Peter Jackson's trilogy. The game was originally announced back in 2019. Uh, Chris, you do a great Smeagol voice. And being you're, since, and so I take that to mean you're Smeagol's number one fan. Are you excited about this game? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like this thing just screams like five <laughs> whenever I've seen it demoed and showed off. I'm just like, oh no, that no, God, no. Um, you know, it's, it's not really the kind of game I think any Lord of the Ring fan was really asking for necessarily. I don't know if, I mean, to be fair, I don't know if Shadow, Shadow of Mordor was necessarily the game we were asking for when that came out and that ended up being a hit. So maybe I shouldn't rush to judgment without actually playing it. But personally for me, you know, there isn't a battle that a player chooses for Smeagol and Gollum's actions, right? To me, his actions have been dictated for a very long time of his life on one thing the freaking central object of the whole entire trilogy is that he does things and he doesn't necessarily have a control of who he is because he has an addiction to want this ring in his life. Right. Um, so I don't know trying to make something that is more akin to Knights uh, of the old Republic or I don't know, even dishonored, right? Like, do you kill them all or do you just try to do it stealthily? Right. Um, I don't know, but who knows? Sean, are you having a hard time picturing what this game is? Because I, I am. Uh, yeah. You know, I think Chris, Chris kind of hit the point or the nail on the head. Uh, he said five. I think that may be harsh. Uh, do you guys remember when, when uh, Kojima left and what we got for the Metal Gear series was <laughs> Metal Gear Survive? Now, listen, I kind of think that's what this game is going to bring to Lord of the Rings. That may or may not be fair. I don't think it's going to be the Shadow of Mordor type, you know, addition to the family, if you will. But I could be completely wrong. Chris could be completely wrong. Very true. I just don't know as of right now. Well, guys, this is already my game of the year. And I think it's going to be um, the greatest game God ever gave man. I do find it interesting. I am intrigued by the the core gameplay mechanic of, of, of light and dark about the conflict between Smeagol and Gollum. Now I already, now I know what eventually happens. We all know that, but it doesn't, but one of the more, one of the more interesting things about the two towers, the least entertaining in that trilogy um, was the fact that, Gollum fighting with himself was a very interesting thing to witness on screen and and that and that conflict turning that into an into a gameplay mechanic and giving the player choice mm -hmm. could be something interesting I, I don't but you know it's like most people deal with choice in game for for an outcome that they want to have if the outcome is going to be inevitable yeah because we all know his fate is set um what's the angle they're going with but you know I, i'm a wait and see the art style is very the art style is very storybook looking as if it's kind of the way the author Intended. envisioned these characters as opposed to how peter jackson you know designed them so we'll see how it goes 
I don't even I don't know to what extent this is is this more of a is this more of a telltale game or is this more of a an action game? I, mean, I just have so many questions about it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll also be seeing guys a a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. It sounds like that's fun. We just what? had one of those. We had one of those pretty good. So maybe this is good too. Huh? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2020 comic book series is being adapted into a video game. The game will draw heavily from God of War series of action games. The intent is to create a AAA experience that draws heavily from the source material. The game will be based on the source material, quote, The Last Ronin, which finds the last living turtle in a Dark Knight-style revenge story. Boy, bring me pizza. Um, <laughs> pizza sounds so good. Sean, any yeah. excitement here? Uh, I I gotta be honest. Uh, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this as a host on a you know an okay podcast about video games or what have you. Uh, this is the first time I ever knew of the existence of this game. So currently, I'm clocking at zero excitement. Mm. But due to my love for uh my childhood and everything that is Ninja Turtles, I'm gonna definitely probably give this a look and try to to garner up some uh some excitement. John, uh, have you talked to former co-host Chris, uh, number two, we'll call him, uh, about this? Because I know he Fake loves, Chris, I'll call him. If what I recall, he's come? a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. Yeah, he's a very huge Ninja Turtles fan. Once this game comes out, he'll probably hit me up and say I'm coming on the show. But um, <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am in love with all things Turtles. I always have been. This was sort of my renaissance toy era if you will this is what i was this was this is what i was playing with mm-hmm. um, ah! <laughs> among other things and this uh you know if they if they do this right i mean i'd love to play a game like this if as long as it works do you chris are you familiar with the source material I have not. I've really never gotten to the comic books for teenage mutant Ninja turtles but i mean the idea of I mean, it's a cool concept because for the most part, yeah, I'm from that generation of this was my Saturday morning cartoon, right? Like I was, I mean, sure. I watched Transformers and GI Joe and things like that to some extent, but that's like really young Chris. Teenage Mutant Turtles and X-Men was like peak, you know, I was like eight, nine years old. So I was perfect age group. And it, the idea of making one that's maybe not so much that, branding of you know cowbunga you know pizza uh and instead maybe like just reading that last line you know dark nile uh dark knight style revenge story all i could think of was like oh so it's a frank miller (laughs) uh teenage mutant ninja turtle story which i've heard like the comics have always been a lot more serious in tone at times right like with some of the things that they do so that if the game plays good especially god of war i'm totally down to check this out whenever it comes out sweet yeah maybe it'll give me tears i was gonna say you don't have to cry over it oh oh, we both rushed well when when i think about what the turtles brought to my childhood you know it it is uh, it makes me want to tear up Ah. uh and when Ah. i think about when i think about how close we are to a new Zelda game. I also want to tear up. So I'm kind of glad they named it tears of the kingdom. 
Uh, speaking of tears, like you guys just said, we did have a uh, an early showing of gameplay for that. Nintendo, in fact, showed roughly 10 minutes of gameplay for the upcoming game uh, titled Tears of the Kingdom. The footage showed off four new abilities as well as a closer look at the Sky Islands. Aonuma indicated that there were a lot of changes coming to the game, saying this, because Sean wanted it, the Master Sword will be unbreakable. <laughs> he did not say that. Watch them not even have a Master Sword, you know? But here's the quote for real. If we talk about all the changes today, we'll run out of time. That's the end of the quote. Uh, Fuse ability will allow Link to merge weapons together. Ultra Hand ability will allow Link to construct vehicles for the sole purpose of traversing the world. That's pretty cool. Ascend ability will allow Link to move through ceilings to advance to the floor above. And finally, the recall ability will allow Link to ascend to the many sky islands in the world. I, Sean, will be happy to know that the durability for weapons will remain the same as Breath of the Cuss Word Wild. I'm going to ask John his thoughts on what he saw today. I saw today, and I think I think it's fair to say that my excitement for this game is still very high. But um, I don't know that I was impressed with what I saw, necessarily. Um, I don't really want to make my own vehicle. <laughs> don't want to do that. I don't want to build myself a raft just to get across a lake. No thanks. Um, I'm intrigued by, I think I'm more so intrigued by what they didn't show as opposed to what they did show, because what they did show looked like breath of the wild to me. Um, and look, I always, I always knew that it's not, it's not that I didn't know that, but when I saw the demo, the powers, just the new abilities, uh, assuming that Anuma showed us just a fraction of them. Um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't find them um very interesting but that's just me looking forward uh, to be proven wrong but. yeah yeah uh well i i have a i'm fixing the pivot to quit chris and he may bring this up but i have a feeling that like you you had, i think you had said this is probably going to be the expansion that kind of makes me nervous but chris your thoughts before we dive into all that it's kind of um from what I saw, it was interesting. I mean, for the most part, yeah, I could tell it looks like a game that is still building off that Breath of the Wild engine and the way it plays and just the fact is, yeah, you know, still got degrading weapons and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of like, you know, everyone always goes back and they say, oh, Zelda is, is a Breath of the Wild is, you know, their Skyrim version of Zelda, right? And I have to say the stuff with the vehicles is kind of the one thing that kind of makes me go, maybe they are doing a little bit more of that than I thought, because if you remember, like there was a whole community that came out of breath of the wild online, like where people were taking all the physics based stuff and like trying to make crafts and seeing like, you know, how high up they could float on something if they put balloons and, and doing all that. And it seems like, instead of just letting that be, they kind of do what Bethesda goes like, well, let's build it out. So if you want that thing, hopefully it's, it's like that to your point, John, so that like 
for someone like you, you don't necessarily have to do that. You can just go get on your horse and, and for the most part, enjoy the game as you see fit. But hopefully it's there. If it ends up being good, it's like, Hey, there's a cool tool set here where people can go out there and create all sorts of crazy things that we'll see online. Cause I love seeing that kind of stuff. That's the kind of thing that draws me in. And I could find myself getting lost in that for a while. Um, the rest of it. Yeah. I kind of with you, John, I'm kind of like, I'm just letting it see. I'm like, I, I don't know what the story is. And I don't really want to know what the story is. And, you know, when we get to it, I, I I'm just hope it's, it, it ends up being a really fun adventure. Yeah. Uh, for those, I'll add this for those of you that want to get, uh, you know, excited about that adventure. First off, it's coming out on April 28th. And uh, as of right now, there are already pre-orders out there because they said they were going to start doing pre-orders today. Um, and that was, now it's there, so you can pre-order it. One of the things I did want to point out is, of course, uh, we actually see the uh, the Tears of the Kingdom-themed Switch. Uh, I'm seeing that if you buy that, it doesn't come with the game. Hmm. Uh, and to point out, they've also said, just to remind you, that this particular Zelda game is going to be $70, which is mo- uh, the most expensive Switch game that they've ever released. Uh, they're going to have controllers and carrying cases, of course, that match everything Zelda, so... If uh if that's your jam, I, I mean I'm excited about it. Uh, but I'm I'm just like everything they just said is perfect. It kind of looked like something I've already played, uh, but it's also a new Zelda, so I'm gonna kind of be excited about it. I'm gonna buy it. They have my seventy dollars. <laughs> it is what it is. They're like, we know, we know, we understand. We know, we know. <laughs> Look, I mean, uh, they they spent so much time on this game, longer than 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 many Zelda. I mean, if you remember. Um, Ocarina came out in 98 and Majora came out in 2000. So that was two years of building on what was essentially the same engine with the same character models and things like that. So what exactly were they doing? That's the question. That's what has me the most excited because they spent all this time doing a Breath of the Wild 2.0. There's got to be something that's going to blow your hair back. Um, so, so from, from that perspective, I'll stand down. I'll stand up to say this before, uh, John reads this last story. Finally, this week. Well, speaking of standing down, uh, Ubisoft is no longer attending E3 this year. In a statement issued to VGC, the company has decided to, quote, move in a different direction. Instead, the company will hold its own Ubisoft Forward live event on June 12th in Los Angeles to taunt E3. <laughs> quote, E3 has fostered unforgettable moments across the industry throughout the years. While we initially intended to have an official E3 presence, we've made the subsequent decision to move in a different direction and we'll be holding a Ubisoft Forward live event on 12th, on 12th June in Los Angeles. We look forward to sharing more details with our players very soon. It remains to be seen what type of impact all of these events will have on this year and the future of E3. Uh, it doesn't matter because nobody will be watching E3 or these press events because they'll be busy uh, playing Diablo 4. But Sean, 
Are you disappointed in how E3 is shaping up? Yeah, I got I got two points to make quick. Uh, first point is quick, quickly, quickly, quickly is Ubisoft clearly uh, was going. I don't know what happened, but something happened, and I say that because they're going to hold an event in Los Angeles, so they already had plans to be there. So I don't know what it is. We're that, hopefully that comes out. Secondly, I'm sad. I'm sad because it's the same way when we talked about sadness before as it related to E3. Uh, I felt like this was a time, you know, in this in this space of time we have, post-pandemic, uh, post-E3 already failures, a, a lot of things are, there is excitement for things coming back, right? And it's it started off where this could be potentially hype, and then it just seems like every week, we're finding out that something somebody's not showing up, somebody pulled out. It's just sad because I think we had an opportunity to kind of recapture some of the magic that was E3. Uh, so yeah, that's where I kind of am right now. I, but now I have to watch it just to see what it is. So I'll pivot back to you, Chris. Uh, your attitude about E3 has been sort of meh, I think, over the years. Were you hoping for a E3 renaissance and did and did this Ubisoft departure eventually is this the final death nail? I, I was hoping for a renaissance in the in the sense of like I do miss that idea of those special three or four days, right? Where, you know, Sony comes out and does a press conference, Microsoft comes out and does their press conference, and you get the it's the one opportunity, right? Like where you have a whole theater filled with people and just, you know, a reveal comes up and you just hear the cheering. And like, that's the part I miss. And I think you could still get that this year. I really, I don't think Sony's going to do a live event. I really wish they would come back and start to do one too, but I think you could get that with Microsoft and um, Ubisoft's events this year. So that part for me is still alive. Um, I think it also got, leak today i saw ign also reported that sega and tencent are pulling out um i don't know how big of a deal tencent would be i guess there could have been like a lot of little titles right that would be pulling there but sega not wanting to go there tells you it feels like this was the last straw and i don't know man i think they're just in this position where it's it's really hard for these companies to continue to justify going to the actual e3 event and paying their prices and being there because they don't see the benefit. Like the thing that matters the most to them is the press conference. They're not going to do a press conference actually at E3. They're going to do a press conference. And as I said, in a theater that's going to get broadcast on the internet. And that's going to be the thing that they care most about. If they want to have an event, it for them is probably way cheaper to then have a section of that theater that then is transformed into a place where people can go try out their stuff. Right. Or they can rent somewhere else like a, a hotel, you know, conference room and set that stuff up for people to come in and get to check out these games, both press in and, and people. It doesn't feel like they can justify saying we'll come back and pay you, you know, potentially hundreds of thousand dollars to to have that same experience at the L.A. Convention Center. So the one thing I would love to hear, you know, just curious from a you know, industry standpoint is 
I know it won't happen for a couple of years, but it would be really cool. If someone like Jason Schreier or some of the other people have written about video game books could actually go behind the scenes and whether it's, you know, having to go through and get people not giving their name, but, you know, hopefully he would vet and be able to say, Hey, that's a person that actually had real access. Right. And maybe get the untold story of like what happened for this E3. Cause it's probably one of the more interesting things there to, to read about as far as the changing industry. Jan? I mean, it happened a few years ago, but I don't think uh, the likes of Jason Schreier and others ever forgave, forgot the, what they, what they branded as E3 doxing them. Yeah. Which is not technically what they did. It was an accident, but um, yeah, I think <laughs> I, I don't know. I I would love to know what is keeping them away from E3. Like like is it is it money? Is it they don't want to pay a fee of some sort? I I just I I really I really don't understand why people don't want to re-engage with this venue. Um but um I think I think they have to start looking at other options. I I again <laughs> sound I sound too repetitive but I I would move this out of out of LA. I would, I would take it. Atlanta would love to have them. Las, Las Vegas. Why? Why Las Vegas? That's where they do CES. And I mean, like if you want to talk about like a historical example, right? Like mm -hmm. CES used to be one thing and then Microsoft pulled out and then, you know, a couple of the other big ones pulled out and everyone thought CES was going to die. And what CES instead did was when they went to Las Vegas, they kind of, just rethought about what that show needed to be. And it's still now like probably the biggest tech show in the United States that occurs every year. You know, it's like, yeah, sure. We're not going to have Microsoft come up here and do a presentation on windows or something like that. Right. You know, instead it's going to be razor coming in and showing you their new lines of things. Right. Or, or whoever, like you gave this voice to a bunch of our people and maybe that's what they should do. Well, why why lock it to a city? Why not do it where yeah, it's sure Atlanta twenty twenty four? You know Boston twenty twenty five E three. Yeah, true. Do it like I like how the Super Bowl does. Just pick a city <laughs> and it it be it be exciting. You know, I think that's what it needs is excitement. Yeah, and and it's kind of lacking that. E three. When's, the, la when's the last time you? When's the last time you heard something fun and good about E three that wasn't nostalgic? It needs something bad. I'm yeah. rooting for you, E3. Yeah. Unless I find out you're a terrible, terrible person, E3, then I'm not going to root for you anymore. You know what I'm going to root for? I root for it every week. Yeah? About this time, I say I'm rooting for us to wrap this up. Never. Just to be safe. Electronic mail from the future. Sean, my uh.
That's why this show's three hours. But um, <laughs> what I should have said in the uh, final news piece was, uh, <laughs> Sean, you should pull out because everybody else is. <laughs> that would have been a good pivot. Been funny. And then at the final part, I would have been like, you know, because of E3, I got to pull funny, out. Funny, topical. Yeah, but you you swung and you didn't. You actually you went to bat without a bat. You didn't even. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the top part of the show. We call emails. If you're watching on Twitch, you'll sh- uh, quickly see that switch over. Um, and it's it's not just emails. It is it's all things you. So we have we have social media, we have emails and things like that. Uh, but we do like to start off with emails. So if you want to write into the show, you can do so weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Just like. Uh, it's always Alejandro, you know, and I was definitely going to remember to hit that segment switch button. Uh, didn't need a reminder at all. Uh, he writes in as he does every week. But guys, I, I read the first line is be worried. It's worrisome. Cal Ripken's streak is in danger. Uh, gentlemen, first, I should warn you that my streak of emails might end next week due to some international travel for work. Apparently, they don't have emails where he's going. On the plus oh, side. Right, like what? <laughs> is he like going to Antarctica? <laughs> like what's happening? On the plus side, during my trip, I'll have one day off to do some sightseeing. Hey, enjoy that. Speaking of sightseeing. Yeah, that was a pivot. Have you ever done it in a game? For example, one of my favorite parts of Insomniac Spider-Man was going around New York City and taking photos of landmarks. So, do you fellows enjoy playing tourist and video games? And are there locations that you visited both in game and in real life? Internationally, yours, Alejandro. And this was sent from the middle seat in the back of the plane next to a screaming baby. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So, first off, when you said, have you ever done it in game? Why did I immediately think of Grand Theft Auto in a car? Why? I've got a coffee. <laughs> why did i do that but no i'll let you guys answer while i eat some more check picks i definitely have done it i mean to his point spider-man that's the first thing you do as you go in those games for me it's always been sightseeing and uh another big one for me was um fallout 3 when you know it, as far as a place i've been there takes place in dc and going around and actually getting to the capital right and seeing the remains of everything is pretty crazy division is like that um there's a ton of them i always like the sightseeing what about you john i echo division mm-hmm. i can relate to that mm-hmm. division's one for me but, but also creed is a uh, represents every place i want to go that i never have yeah. there you go <laughs> good, i technically used to play baseball games so i technically got to play like in fenway park and then i got to i went to see fenway park i know that's not the same but i saw brian denny man. for years before i got to go to it in NCAA. Right, back when I played NCAA, exactly. <laughs> back when somehow uh, the Clue University was winning 12 national street championships. Uh, who's up next? John can read the next one. Oh, Mowgli. No. No. Too much. <laughs> Too much. Which one? Hey guys, I assume assume I'm reading Tucker's. Oh, me, yeah. Do you want to read it? No, no, go right ahead. Uh, I was hoping you'd say yes. I really enjoyed the show last week, and I'm happy to hear that Chris, Sean, and Mike didn't absolutely rage quit 
playing Koei Tecmo's version of Sekiro. Yeah. When Chris described the story and the narrative as a dubbed anime, I was shaking my head when he said that there wasn't a setting where you could change the language settings with English subtitles. I, was I always watch the subbed version of animes because the original Japanese voices for the characters sound so much better. Who knows? Maybe there's a mod out there. I'm very proud to announce that after 36 hours and 47 achievements, I've officially received my first platinum trophy. Demon Slayer Hinakami Chronicles is a really great game, and it's more than just an anime. This is an anime that will make you laugh, cry, and make your jaw drop in utter amazement. But most importantly, it teaches you just how powerful human relationships really are, and that's why I love this franchise so effing much. I'm so stoked that Ghostwire is coming to Xbox and that I don't have to blow 500 bucks on a PS5. Better yet, I checked the ESRB rating for it and I should be able to play it without the fam going nuts. I cannot wait to experience what made John so fascinated with this game. If you give me the opportunity to vanquish yokai and Oni alike using mystical energy I can harness due to a spiritual symbiote, I will not hesitate even for a second to buy Game Pass whenever it is released. I'll probably also get Wild Hearts and Hogwarts Legacy with it. Nice. In my opinion, due to my own personal experience, band is superior to theater. Mm. I'm sure Chris's high school was much different and much yeah. better because our boy was Scrooge, mm. as all high schools are, but the band at my high school is in high respects. The football coach thinks the band is the highlight of every game night, and that's pretty big. <laughs> not to say that the drama kids are underappreciated it's just that the band is doing really well and i don't really know what everyone thinks about the theater kids but i can tell you this much both groups are going to chicago for a school trip for spring break that's right your boys got a gig up there and we're going to be playing some jazz and eating deep dish while watching the dark night my question mm. this week is what are you guys doing over the break if you got plans and what are some of the greatest games for traveling? If you guys are going to Chicago this weekend, hit me up. It's not Columbus, but it's a whole lot closer. Once again, <laughs> thanks for a great show. And I'll see you guys next week. Keep vibing boys and game on Tucker, AKA in Slayer one, seven, three sent from my electric Batmobile Tumblr. Yeah. I, I do not disagree at all that band is superior to theater but you know like sean you know john we we live in the south i think we can all agree that the football team trumps all um i mean like well sports teams in general trump all theater and band kids uh, around here in these parts not that we don't appreciate talent but that was just my memory of it because I got called a nerd every day. Um, <laughs> he did. Uh, did you see the meme for this week, Sean? I did not. I did not. If you, if you pull that up, that'd be great. It's. Uh, uh, I, I, I was going to answer his question too. Hmm. It's a a picture of a warrior skeleton, and the caption you'll relate to this is from concerning Wo Long. How I felt after killing Zhang Liang's second phase without knowing that I could have summoned that dragon beast guy halfway through instead of taking out all of his health. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Facts. Facts. Uh, you asked us a question. It said, uh, what are we doing over the break? I didn't know we were getting a break. I need a break. Can we get a I break? Would... I need a break. 
Uh, also, what are some of the greatest games for traveling? So I'm going to break this down for you. One of the funnest times I have when I travel with my family is taking the Nintendo Switch and hook it up Mario Party. Uh, towards the end of the night, when the, everybody's vibing, showers are getting done, it's, it's for a good time. Uh, as far as generally what I take with me for travel... It's usually the Switch because it's easy. I have taken the giant PS5 in a suitcase before, and I've taken my VR. Back then, it was my MetaQuest. So uh, your favorite game on any of those systems if you have them? For sure. And can we please get a week off? Um, For the love of all things holy. There is the week after Christmas, and I will grant you that one. <laughs> We had we had we had something going on. It's all good. We'll we'll talk. Uh, let's let's do a corporate line on them real quick, and we'll say we'll talk offline about that. <laughs> we could take next week off, but next week's the only week of the whole year we're going to be able to talk about Resident Evil Four, guys. I just looked at the John, John's got a Leo Mazzoni uh, sway going on right now. He really is. He's uh, rocking. Can I read the one from uh, Zikri? I Go got that it. reference. Nice. Uh, so this one, uh, the title is Capcom Pushing P. Oh, uh, it is from uh, Zikri. Uh, what's up, Weekly Games Chat crew? What up? Uh, Panda Claus here. Panda Claus in the house. Hope you boys are having a fantastic week. I am. Uh, I don't know about these two lamos, but I am. Yeah. With the <laughs> with the amazing success of the uh, RE4 remake, Capcom is cooking this year. Street Fighter 6 hype. Exo Primal looks interesting, and we're getting that Ace Attorney game this year. My question is, what genre would you like to see from Capcom next? They've nailed it, in my opinion. Horror, Resident Evil, co-op slash action, Monster Hunter, fighting, Street Fighter, action adventure, Devil May Cry, platformer, Mega Man, boo. I would like to see a competitive multiplayer. Hope you fellas keep gripping that joystick and strap in because 2023 is shaping up to be a memorable gaming year. Game on. Sit from the Continental Hotel. CC2X Communicado. Oh, that's a that's a that's a John Wick reference. Yes, it was. That's a that's a they got CC'd. <laughs> uh, I don't think they have a good platformer in Mega Man, so I would like to see a better platformer, but. It is what it is. I know that's just my two cents. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Nice. I just, I'm just, I don't, Mega Man was dope when I was like, when it was 8-bit Mega Man. And, and, you know, Super Nintendo era, Sega era. Since then, I've just totally tuned out. And that could be, that could be why I think that. Fair. I'll take either a new uh, Marvel versus Capcom or a uh, new Devil May Cry game. That's not what the question was. That's what I want to see them do next. One of those two things. What other genres are there? Yeah. RPG? <laughs> they don't really do those. Well, I guess, well, Monster Hunter is in some extent. Um, I think a Devil May Cry RPG would be kind of dope. Maybe. I don't know. In the in the vein of like a Xenoblade world, big, but like you be like Dante, yeah, that could be dope, or other Dantes, other, you know, for hires. True. 
We got one more, guys. Get it. It is uh, from from Christian, and he just uh, <laughs> he sent us a picture of the new uh, <laughs> the new Zelda uh, Switch OLED Switch that's coming out, and it just said the the title of the email is simply "It's real," and he signed it as "Sent from the hospital where my wallet was sent when I saw this rip." <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is quite gorgeous. It is pretty John. Well, all right. So John, let's say we were, we were potentially in the market for it. Do you not think it's too late in the game with the assumption that, and we could be way wrong on this assumption, but the switch has been in the, in the market for quite some time. Yes. The OLED is a new refreshment of the switch, right? Internally, it's not much different. It's got a big screen now and it's pretty. But don't you kind of think that this would be towards the tail end of that cycle and, and buying this console? I don't know. I, I like to see value in it. It reminds me of when the, I think it was the R2-D2 Xbox came out. And it was so late in its cycle. But that's with the mindset that I'm going to end up trading it in when the new Switch comes out. Do you see where I'm going with this? Like, it, Let's say you were in the market for it. Do you feel like it'd be a good buy? Uh, well, this used to be right up my alley. I used to I used to buy these things and keep them in the box. I mean, back in I guess before, maybe around the time I w- we started this podcast, I had a special edition 3DS Zelda. I had a special edition Wii Zelda. I had a special edition Wii U Zelda. I had all these special edition Zeldas that I kept in the box, and I ended up selling everything total for about four thousand dollars. So these will go up. I mean, the purpose of these things is to keep them in the box and sell them on eBay for 700 bucks. But I just, I I was just sort of scanning a, uh, because as soon as, as soon as they announced this thing, one of the YouTubers took one out. They'd already sent them. They've already sent them out to certain people. Yeah. I saw that one. And what this thing is, is not, is, is simply a white OLED that has painted logos on it. There's nothing, there's nothing to this thing. It's a little bit underwhelming, but at the same time, what more can you expect from Nintendo doing something like this at the end of their life cycle, as you just talked about? But if it's true that you don't get the game at the purchase of this thing, kind of sucks. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely even even a digital copy of the game. Something. Well, well, that would be the assumption. The digital the, the digital code. Because it's coming out on the 28th of April. So it's coming out a couple of weeks before the game launches. So you would assume that if they were to do something, it would be a digital code that you can upload, but it wouldn't download until a certain date. It's a really disappointing bundle. I was underwhelmed by it, but then I saw the Pro Controller and I went, ooh, I like that. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'll, I'll ask you, I, for my money, the best skin or special edition of a console ever you probably heard me was that r2d2 xbox 360 that's a good one that thing looked amazing yeah can you think of one that if you're not if you comments on this of course but can you also think of one that you thought looked great uh there was a halo one uh for 360 that that was really nice and had the uh, when you press the power button kind of similar to the r2d2 did so those were cool i mean Yeah. yeah to 
John's I like I would only have gotten this if like the OLED had ended up being the more powerful version than it would have, maybe this would like you know before they kind of abandoned the whole entire switch pro or whatever and just said we're going to do the OLED thing so we can get these consoles out the door um maybe then this might have been the moment where I would have if I had not jumped in to buy one I would have felt more uncomfortable but besides that yeah I don't really see the reason to go spend money on something as John aptly said is a white OLED switch with some gold paint on it. <laughs> there you have it. It's a white OLED with goalie paint. Yep. Old goalie they need paint. to, they need to frame that quote and send it out with all copies. Oh. <laughs> uh, that was all of our emails for, Whoa, we got one that just came in like right now. Hopefully it's from, no, this is, we got to read it. It's here. Okay. Dear WGC crew. How are you? This Currently one. shocked because we got one more email. It's from Thor and he says, I need some ideas. Uh, I, for the past two months have been DMing for some fifth and sixth graders. What yesterday at time you were reading this and the time I'm running this one player joined in five minutes, five minutes committed about seven felonies, including arson, damage to property and multiple counts of assault. Anyways, what happened was a court case where, uh, Said character was given the death penalty. I don't want to kill this player, but they're not liked by the party's characters as they tried to kill them all. How can I save this player in a way that everyone does not get very mad about? Are there any games you wish you could play again without knowledge of the game? Some that I've heard on the internet are Outer Wilds and Dark Souls. I personally would say Titanfall 2 which I know I mentioned a lot, but it's just that good. I have not seen any footage of Diablo 4, but I have no faith in Blizzard anymore after Overwatch 2, Diablo Immortal, and some allegations against them. Dang. Uh, anyways, thanks for the show, and can't wait to hear it from Thorin. I'm guessing he's talking about like a character that maybe is on a GTA 5 or GTA Online server where they're role-playing. Right, because yeah, uh, the meme he quoted just for context was a Dungeons and Dragons, so that's clearly role play. Yeah, so I, he's talking about yeah, yeah. if you're <laughs> if you're in that, yeah, because yeah, a lot of times they do the cops and robbers thing. So apparently this guy has committed seven felonies, and now they want to give this this character the the death penalty for his actions. Um, ah, man, good luck for that. I don't know what to say. I mean, sometimes the way you learn is the hard way. <laughs> make them stronger right but uh kelly clarkson said what doesn't kill you makes you stronger actually oh no never mind i almost got that wrong yeah you almost lost five thousand points i was thinking of breakaway you know who wrote breakaway i didn't say who wrote it chris yeah i know but who wrote it bono avril levine wrote oh yeah she's legit yeah yeah, avril levine's still in the game dog that's all good yeah um I'm with them on Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds was a pretty cool story to kind of like discover, but it like Gone Home is another one of those kind of games. I really wish I could experience that again for the first time, just because it was very unique storytelling and portal. Uh, we're going to pivot over to portal sucks. Uh, we're going to pit. I'm kidding. I'm just dumb. Hold on. We're going to pivot to Twitter. Click. Uh, we Bam. can be found at Weekly Games Chat. We did have one mention. 
this week by uh, Loki. Um, and there's a, there's a screenshot of his phone, I believe, or a tablet of some sort. Great time to look back at season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in his downloads is the our Last of Us season one podcast. Uh, he's also downloading Wo Long's podcast. And, of course, mm. the Last of Us season one finale with showrunners and things of that sort. So I think that's some top-notch listening right there, if I had to be quite honest with you. You're not Let's wrong. make sure nobody slid into the DMs. They did not. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Uh, we do have two followers. We're going to follow back live on the show. Uh, at Deadshot121, uh, thank you for the follow, following you back. And at Real Couch. thank you for the follow, following you back. If you want to follow us, all you got to do, Wait, if you want us to follow you back, just follow us and it's that easy. I'm speaking Ooh. of easy. We also have a Discord uh, that's pretty easy to join and apparently make phone calls from. Uh, that's a joke. And uh, yeah, we'll leave that right there. But our community is awesome. And we do have, I believe, an email. Let me see if I can get. Oh, yeah. Acid Sugar. I want to read this one. Hmm. This is This is a good one. Uh, Acid wrote in and he said, this is on our weekly games chat email section. So if if you're part of the community, you can actually see this before we read it. I hear Nintendo is now a monopoly since it doesn't fit the quote, high performance console market. Yeah. According to our very lovely U.S. government based organization known as the Federal Trade Commission. My reaction to this categorization, I can't say this word. Characterization? Sure. I am struggling right now. Categorization. There it is. Is thinking is generally harmful to consumers in gaming, but it got me thinking. Fun question. If you leave Xbox and PlayStation out of console gaming, who are Nintendo's top three competitors? Uh, Is that pronounced Wuya? Maybe. And if they don't already have an IP... Mascot like Mario, Master Chief, or Nathan Drake, give them one. And he, of course, if you want to see what he's talking about, he linked uh, that article that did not include the $62 billion Nintendo platform. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, who, who is Nintendo's th- top three competitors? If it's not Microsoft and Sony? It has to be like, do they have to have a oh, console e- gaming? I don't know. EA and... Ubisoft? I mean, I don't know. No, they have to have a console. They have to be a console producer. So do you Apple, do like Meta? Apple and Google. I what, guess, what, yeah. What gaming device? Well, technically, Apple has an iPhone, which could be a gaming device. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my Amazon? Went to like Steam, Steam decks and... Yeah, he, he just replied in the Twitter chat, and he said... uh. He said he was thinking Apple Arcade. So, yeah, I, yeah. that's that's kind of where we're at. But I do get the question to your point. Like, if you leave them out of they're not really part of the top three, then yeah, who do they compete with? Because they, they will blow everybody else away. Yeah. It's it, it's one of the weirdest things to – I never understood that classification of trying to make it where Nintendo wasn't considered the same as Microsoft and Sony. Um, but, yeah. Uh, speak, speaking <laughs> of uh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen this has been the most eh, version of weekly game chat ever 
episode 397 where we discuss the diablo 4 beta and our impressions on it yeah. um yeah. wherever you download the show please uh you know please give us four or five stars we definitely appreciate that we always welcome you also to join us on twitch.tv all you gotta do is search for weekly game chat game chat to see us live and and have all kind of cool things uh, if you want to send an email weekly at gmail.com if you want to hit us up on twitter we're at weekly games chat and of course just like we should we have a discord community out there just willing and uh ready to accept you uh with all of that said I want to look to where John usually sits and where Chris is sitting and say to both of them, I love them. Thank you for this opportunity to be on the show with you and game on boys. Game on Sean, game on John. Hurried up. Oh, okay. Out. Yeah. You're, Peace out, everybody. You're my own Spock. Bye, John. John, say, say your tagline. No. Do it. Nope. Do it. It's still recording. Nope. Nope. Do it. False. Do it. This is just proof, listeners, if you listened after the credits, John hates you. Peace out.